Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. To the Word this morning. Father, thank you. Because I'm anointed to teach your Word, thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We've we've been all through this month looking at some very uh, simple but powerful things that can help us live successfully on the earth. I believe that as a child of God, your success is primarily from the, from living in line with God's word. But I also know that there are what I call things that should be done on the earth that would help us to be able to become very balanced Christians or balanced believers. And, and so this whole series, you can call it Kingdom Success Series with all the topics that are in there. This morning I want to talk about choices. Choices. And I think that everything that I've been teaching up until this moment, this is almost like the, the one thing that holds everything together. Choices. And I said in my notes that God created man with the ability to make choices or to make a choice. If there is anything that God gives to man that has the capacity to change a man's life, it will be the ability to make a choice. And fortunately for every one of us, God is also giving us a will. And that will, we we use it in making whatever choices that we need to make. Now, ultimately, man is a product of his choice. You see, God did not create robots. How many of you know, if you read, I've been reading the Old Testament, and it's just amazing reading the Old Testament. How many of you know that God has the ability to, number one, just make everybody in the world born again at once? Okay, just two people know that. How many of you know that God has the ability? Just raise your hand whether you know or not. How many of you know that God's got the ability to make everybody born again all at once? But how many of you know God is not doing that? Why? Because He's not going to force salvation on you. You have to accept Him. What that means is that God, listen carefully to this, God cannot even force you to be successful. You can choose to fail and God will respect your choice. God respects the choice of man because he created man to willingly choose to do the right thing. Failure and success is separated by the choices we make daily. We make our choices and our choices end up making us. You make your choice. Your choice will end up making you. God will not force anything on you. 
God will not force anything on you. Heaven will not force anything on you. You know, I've heard that said sometimes when we are in Christian meetings and people say, whether you like it or not, you are going to succeed. That's not completely true. You have to like it. Because there are choices that needs to be consistently made for you to experience whatever God is giving to you. You know, as I read through the Old Testament, I've been spending a lot of time reading the Old Testament, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, and all that. And I see every time God says, if you do this, I'll do this to you. If you go this way, your enemies are going to come over you. You know, sometimes the children of Israel, you look at them, you know, the scripture describes them as stiff, naked people. You know the reason why? Every time God says, if you obey my commandment, this is going to happen to you. But if you disobey, you'd give room for the enemy to come into your life. And what God was essentially telling them is that your prosperity or your failure is going to be determined by your choices. We make choices consciously or unconsciously. Not choosing the right thing ultimately means what? You've chosen the wrong thing. But until a person can say deeply and honestly, I am what I am today because of the choice I made yesterday, that person cannot make any difference in their life. It it might not look like it, but we are where we are today because of the choices we made yesterday. And if we want to change our future, come on now, we have to do what? To start making what? The right choices. Are you with me this morning? Talk to me. Are you with me this morning? We are where we are today because of the choices that we've made. If, if we want tomorrow to be better, we don't need to fuse about tomorrow. We don't need to cry about tomorrow. All we need to do is decide from this very moment to start making the right choice. We are our choices A man by the name of Jim Paul Stott said that. He says, we are our choices. You are your choice. Two people can hear the same message and make different choices. Two people can grow up in the same house and make different choices. Two people can, uh, uh, you know, experience the same circumstance and make different choices. Choices can seem temporal. But they also have long, long lasting consequences. You might make a choice right now. And it looks like, oh, there's no big deal about it. Every choice is a big deal. Come on, what did I say? Every choice is what? Is a big deal. We all know the story very well. We're Bible students. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 24 to 28, just write it down. You know the story of the 12, uh, the 12 spies. God had promised the children of Israel that they would go into the land and they would possess the land of Canaan. And and Moses selected 12 leaders representing each of the tribe of Israel to go and um, take a look at the land. They brought in graves. They brought in... But 10 spies says what? There are giants in that land. That land is too big for us. We're not going to be able to enter into that land. And then... Two spies by the name of Joshua and Caleb said we are well able to go into that land. Interestingly, the Lord said to them, As you have spoken in my ears, so shall I do unto you. And the whole of the children of Israel perished in the wilderness, not because God is not able to take them into the promised land, but they chose to believe the giants and they chose to disbelieve God. It doesn't matter what God had promised you. Your choices will determine if they'll come to pass or not. You can choose to be healed. 
You can choose to prosper. You can choose to walk in the plan of God for your life. Or you can choose to be a failure. And sometimes we don't outrightly choose to be failures. But when we choose not to believe God's word, we have chosen the path of siding against the word. And the word of God will not come to pass in our life. Interestingly, God says, As you have spoken to my ears, Numbers chapter 14, So shall I do unto you. What that means is, it doesn't matter what my plan is for you, it's what you choose that I'll do for you. Many times in our life, we've chosen unbelief over faith. We've chosen fear over faith. We've chosen wrong confessions over the right confessions. Your choices will make your life. And don't take this message lightly. It looks very simple, but don't take it lightly. Your life is going to be a product of your choice. And you make those choices every day. Now in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. There is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. Now sometimes, many people make choices just based on the natural understanding. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to make us make the right choices. Because there are choices we make and we think, well, this is a good choice. But the scripture tells us that there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. That means that certain insight or certain knowledge would help us make better choices. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit on the in, is, is on the inside of us to guide us, to lead us, to direct us. Praise the name of the Lord. Even in Proverbs chapter 16 verse 25, it says the same thing. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its, its end is the way of death. So that means that we must be careful. Not everything that seems right is right. This is where mentors come in. This is where counselors come in. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Some people just make choices on their own. They just decide. They don't consult. They don't ask questions. They don't talk to the right people. The choice seems right. But the end of that choice is death. You know, one of the things that I I get careful of, and I think I tell you all the time in this local church, is that you must minimize the mistakes in your life. This is your life. You cannot be experimenting with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You do this today, do this tomorrow. No, no, no. You cannot be experimenting with it. Choices are powerful. And the funny thing is nobody can make a choice for you. You know, even our children, as we raise them, you know, ultimately, you do whatever you have to do for your child, but your child will have to decide what they want to do with their lives. Do you agree with that? Talk to me. Do you agree with that? You should agree because your father did everything they could do for you, but you made the decisions you made. It's just life. At a point, everybody will get up and have to make a choice. At a point, everybody, your husband and wife, you cannot make a choice for your wife, you cannot make a choice for your husband. A point will come, everybody who's got to make up. And I think the earlier we let people know that their life is a product of their choices, because we... we we blame a lot of things. We blame a lot of people. We blame a lot of circumstances. But the truth of the matter is, ultimately, it ends up with what you decide. You know, if life throws you a lemon, you can make a lemonade out of it. If life throws you a bitter experience, you can make something good out of it. Life threw Joseph bitter experiences. But even in prison, Joseph was interpreting people's dreams. Hallelujah. He wasn't bitter. 
So he made a choice. Some of us had not even gone through half of what Joseph went through. But there's so much bitterness in our heart. You know, I was reading the story of Ammon and Tamar and all of those things that happened. And I realized, I mean, the brother, the brothers of Tamar, they had bitterness in their heart for two years. Two full years. They kept that incident in their heart. And they killed their brothers. That's how long a man can store anger in his heart. God respects the choices of man. God respects the choices of man. That's why for salvation, the gospel has to be presented and accepted. Romans chapter 10 verse 14, Romans 10 verse 9, and Mark chapter 10 verse 51. For you to be born again, you have to be preached to. How will they hear except there's a preacher? How will they, um, how will they hear the gospel except there's a preacher? If you will confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Salvation is, deter- is predetermined on your choice. Is somebody in the house this morning? You ca- we cannot force you to be born again. You have to choose to be born again. You know, even though my kids are raised up as pastor's children, even though I was raised up as a pastor's child, I needed to come to the point where I had to accept the Lord Jesus for myself. Christianity is not hereditary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My children are not automatically Christians because they were born in church. I was not automatically a Christian because I was born in a pastor's home. I had to accept the Lord. I had to accept the gospel. Because I have a choice to either accept the gospel or to do what? To renounce the gospel. We need information to make accurate choices. That's where God, knowledge and mentorship comes in. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to counsel. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. If you ask everybody what, what, whatever decisions they are making, are you, are you, you know, if you, even if you catch a thief today and you ask them, why are you stealing? They'll say, oh, well, because things are bad. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. He says, but a wise man is he who listens to what? To counsel. Don't use the power of your choice to your own destruction. Use it to your good. You've got that power. God has given you that ability. In 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 21, the Bible says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If, if the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. But the people did not answer Him a word. Elijah came and said, Listen, let's deal with this double-minded way of worshipping God. How long will you be between two opinions? If God be God, worship Him. But if you want to worship Baal, worship Baal. You know, sometimes it almost looks like we're trying to convince people to worship God. I just read 1 Kings 18 verse 21. You know, sometimes it looks like we're almost forcing people to worship God. It's like, where I need to be in church. If, I don't, if I'm not in church now, pastor or someone from church is going to call me. I'm going to start harassing my life. Well, listen, saints, ultimately you can decide to be in church or not to be in church. It's your choice. And the consequence of that choice is up to you. What would be my preference? What would I prefer? I prefer you to be in church. But even if you choose not to be in church, it's not going to be... I mean, it's... Of course, I'm going to see empty chairs, but ultimately it's between you and God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Talk to me, church. I said, are you hearing what I'm saying now? It's your choice. Your life is your choice. Stop blaming people. Stop blaming your parents. Stop blaming the government. Stop even blaming God. It's your choice. Where you are today is your choice. There's some people right here in church. Some people choose not to be in church. It's our choices. Come on, are you still here? Are you learning something this morning? In Luke chapter 9 verse 62, Jesus replied, Luke 9 62, No one puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That means that we have to make an ongoing choice. If I put my hand on the plow, then I must keep my hand on the plow and keep looking forward. If I look back, I'm not fit for the kingdom. You cannot make a right choice yesterday and make a wrong choice today and expect your life to be a life of consistent success. You have to get up daily and make the right choices. I want to talk to you about 12 choices that would radically change your life. 12 choices that will radically change your life. Number one. 12 choices that would radically change your life. Number one. Well, of course, we know that salvation is the most important choice we should make. That's not number one. That, that one is general. We know that salvation is the most important choice we should make. So that's default. That's, that's, that's a given. That's, we just agree. Knowing God and serving God. Number one. The choice of whom to marry. The choice of whom to marry. If you are married, don't write the choice of whom to marry. Write the choice of whom I have married. <laughs> make sure you correct that. <laughs> don't go back home and say, Ah, pastor said I need to make a choice of whom to marry. No, you're already hooked. So you write the choice of whom I have chosen to marry. Hmm? For young people, after accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, Whoever you accept to be your life partner is going to be the most important choice you will ever make. I was reading to the, I was reading the office this morning, uh, the book of 1st Kings. And interestingly, 1st Kings chapter 11, verse, if you read from verse 1 and you read to verse 14, you would see that the Bible says that Solomon loved the, the, the women from other nations. And in verse 4, the Bible says, and they turned his heart away from God. One of the reasons Solomon fell off was his love for women. They turned his heart. He began to worship other gods. And God actually was so angry with him. God appeared to him twice and warned him. But he did not listen. Never underestimate the choice of whom you are to marry. It will change your life for the better. Or it will change your life for the worse. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 30. These are very practical things I'm talking about. Proverbs 31 and verse 30. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 30. Who is with me in the scriptures? You need to go fast with me please. Proverbs 31 and verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. The scriptures is telling us you can decide to go by charm. You can decide to just go by beauty. Or you can decide to go by a woman who fears the Lord. The choice of who you marry would radically change your life. That's important. That's important. The choice of who you marry, or the choice of whom you're married to, will radically change your life. It will alter your life. It will alter a lot of things about your life. 
And it's something you need to consciously make the decision into. Uh, the more I pastor, the more I lead people. I mean, I want people to get married. I want people to, to have happy homes. But I'm also recognizing the fact that these are not decisions we need to rush people into. These are not decisions we need to pressure people into. Because as I listen to marriages and I listen to couples and I listen to sometimes trying to help couples with their homes, you always find people not owning up to their choices. People are always saying, well, I married this man because my uncle said he was a good man. I married this man because the prophet of God told me this was my wife. I married this man. See, you need to come to the place where it's your choice and you agree that I made the choice regardless of the cancer regardless of the suggestion regardless of the prophetic word you need to own up to the choice and say well regardless of everybody's what what everybody said i decided i made the choice because in the day of adversity you've got to own up to your choice and also in the day of blessings you need to own up to your choices i I realize something about life for instance when you have marriages being pulled apart or things are happening maritally people begin to blame Whoever helped them to make that choice. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it was because of my uncle. I almost said no, but my uncle, my uncle said he's seen something in you that I'm not seeing. And that is what I've seen now. But you realize something also. When the marriage is good and it's blissful. I was just thinking about it some days back. How many of us remember to go back to the people who recommended these people to us? Come on, we don't remember, you know. I mean, somebody recommended a good woman to you or a good man to you. And it's been 10 years, 20 years of marriage. How many of you go back and you say, well, I brought this to just bless you because you helped me to get this woman. No, but when things turn bad, then we remember everybody who, 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 uh, who, who recommended them. Well, the choice of whom to marry, let's leave that. I think that is self-explanatory. Number two, the choice of your local church and who your pastor is. The choice of your local church and who your pastor is. Most times we don't make these choices because we think they are very important choices. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 17. So we can choose to go to a church because it's close to our house. Or we can choose to go to a church because the church is popular. Or the pastor is rich. Or the pastor can help us get a job. We have many reasons why we go to churches. But the scripture says the elders will rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. One of the things that should make us choose a local church is the pastor there. Does he work hard at doctrine? Does he work hard at teaching and preaching? The pastor might not be rich. The pastor might not be able to help you get a job. The pastor might not be popular. But you've got to find a local church that would minister to you and would teach you God's word. You know, most times we, we, are, we also find ourselves in the right churches, but then little stuff, we get offended, and we go out of where we need to be in, and we plug ourselves wherever we need to be. But you know, saints of God, if you are a child of God, listen carefully to me, if you are a child of God, the choice of your local church and the choice of your pastor is important. Now, somebody say, well, if I choose my local church, I've chosen my pastor. Uh, it used to be true that way, but not true any longer. We've got people who, who are coming into the church, who just get the messages in the church, but they don't want to be pastored. There's a difference between being a member of the church and actually having a pastor over your life. You've got to make those choices. You've got to make those choices. I know they've been abused of, 
uh, of pastoral control and all of that. But ultimately, I think by God's word that God gives us shepherds after his heart to lead us and to guide us. And so the choice of your local church will determine a lot of things because it will determine the doctrine you hear. Your doctrine will determine your belief. Your belief will determine how you will end up. Can you say amen? All right. Number three, the choices of your friends and your relationships. We've talked about this a lot this period. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20. He that works with the wise will be wise and a companion of fools will be destroyed. The choices of your friends and your relationship. It will ultimately determine how your life is going to be. will ultimately determine your destiny. You've got the power the Bible says the righteous man would choose his friends carefully. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about choices that will do what? That will change your life. The choice of who to marry. The choice of your local church and who your pastor is. The choice of your friends and your relationships. Number four, the choice of what to do with your time. I think we all have this choice, 24 hours. What to do with your time. What to do with your time? The choice, Proverbs, uh, sorry, Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us the number of days that we may apply our heart to wisdom. Every single day you have 24 hours. What do you do with it? The choice of what to do with your time. Do you know sometimes, you know, something funny happened the other, some, some days back. You know, some, those times I put up my phone and I, I read, I read quite a lot. And then the next day, uh, my phone was on, so I was attending to a lot of things. I was attending to a lot of things. And at the end of the day, I just told myself, you know, when I put up my phone, I had this number of hours. I could get all of this done. When my phone was on, I had the same number of hours. I couldn't get any of these things done. The truth of the matter is, we have to make a choice what to do with our time. What do you do with your time? That will determine a lot of things. You can take a course, you can read a book, you can talk with a friend, you can, you know, sit down and ask your, your mentor's question. You see what Jesus did with his time? He went to the temple, he sat down, he was asking at the age of 12. He was not watching Mickey Mouse, he was asking. <laughs> Come on now. He was asking the, 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 the leaders and the Pharisees, he was asking them questions. What do you do with your time? You can decide to either spend time with your family or go and drink with your friends. And the time you should invest with your family, you invest it with your friends, and you have no relationship with your wife and your children. They're like strangers in the house. You can choose to invest time in God's Word. Most of us don't have time to read the Bible, not because we don't have time. We chose not to read the Bible. Most of us don't have time to study God's Word or listen to messages. It's because we chose not to. You know, in the morning, when I get up and I'm getting ready for service, I listen to messages, I listen to messages. I listen to messages. The message is plain. I listen to message every single morning when I get up, getting ready for the service. I, I, I get, I have to be fed. I have to listen to my pastor feeding me. I, I, I read the word of God. Sometimes I'm listening to messages. I'm taking down notes. Why? It's a deliberate choice to make sure that I'm fed. What do you do with your time? You can, you, it will change your life. You can spend your time on social media, especially in this period, and you just discover anger and hatred is coming. You know, right now, if you go all over social media, come on, what's the dominant conversation? People want to run out of the country. Alright? People want to just run out. 
They want to go and for people who even didn't have that desire before, the seed is in their heart. They are checking now. How will I write I, ITLS exam? Where is the road to Canada? Where can you take to Ghana? How much is passport? Staring up all kinds of things. And that's how some people are going to run out of God's will for their life. What do you do with your time? Sometimes you need to detox. You need to free yourself from all of these things going on and hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Number five, what your choice of how to respond to temptation. Your choice of how to respond to temptation. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 2. Can we read that? Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 2. How do you respond to temptation? You can choose to yield to temptation or you can choose to overcome temptation. Adam yielded to temptation. Okay? Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the rooftop. Hmm? Go to verse 1. Can we start reading from verse 1? Let's see why, what, what, what was supposed to be happening there and David was sleeping. Then it happened in the springtime at a time when kings go out to battle. Kings, this was a time where kings are supposed to go out to battle. But the boss said he's not going. He was relaxing at home. That's why sometimes the time you should use to do some things, when you don't do those things, the enemy will give you things to do. At night when you should be studying, and when you should be studying or praying or reading or sleeping, you keep scrolling on social media, and you now stumble on movies you should not stumble on, and on pictures you should not stumble on. That's what happened to him. It happened in the springtime when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servant with him and all Israel and destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Verse 2. Come on. Go to verse 2. But now when evening came, David arose from his bed. King was relaxing. Walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. You know, when he saw the woman baiting, uh, that wasn't the scene. Alright? He could have walked away this time. He could have chosen to do other things. But he yielded to the temptation and he slept with Uriah's wife. What you do in the moment of temptation is your choice. The devil is not that powerful. Praise the name of the Lord. The devil is not that powerful to force you to commit any sin. Any sin you commit, you willingly agreed with the devil. Praise the name of the Lord. And I tell people this sometimes, when you're, especially for young and single people, when you start feeling funny and start feeling all kinds of feeling, go out, walk out, listen to the message, do something. Get yourself out of that. Because the more you yield to the enemy, the more you will collaborate with the enemy. And he slept with, and you know how that whole trail, this one sin he committed was what actually made him not to be able to build a tabernacle for the Lord. First Peter chapter 1, chapter 3, verse 9. When we talk about the moment of temptation, most of us actually only look at maybe sexual sins. But there are other sins. There are other things we shouldn't yield to. Can we read First Peter chapter 3 and verse 9? Look at this. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. How many of us know that this is one thing we have to choose? When people insult us, come on church, are you with me? When people insult us, what does the scripture tell us not to do? I didn't hear you. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, when we are insulted, what does the Bible says we should do? 
we should not return what? Insult for what? Insult. How many of us know that every time we are insulted, we have a choice? What choice do we have? What choice do we have? Talk to me, church. What church, what church, choice, choice, church do we have? Now you're making me, I'm on live streaming, right? Okay. What choice do we have, church? Not to return what? Evil for evil or insult for insult. Come on, how many of you know that many of us don't listen to this? But the scripture says, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. How many of us think that at the moment when we are insulted, that's the moment God wants us to give a blessing? Mm. The house is quiet. But how many of us want to give a piece of our mind? Don't give a piece of your mind. You have the mind of Christ. Hmm. You know, when I read about David and Uriah and I, it was like, yes, David! Yeah, but you know, this one catches all of us. Because we're always tempted to return insult for insult. When people hurt us, we want to hurt them back. When people hate us, we want to hate them back. You're using your choice wrongly. You're using your choice to destroy your life. If people's attitude control your attitude towards them, then you haven't heard the gospel. The gospel is that we respond to people in the love of God, in the peace of God, in the patience of God, in the fruit of the Spirit. But we have a choice. You can insult when people insult you. You know, all you need to do to see what's in the heart of people is sometimes to allow certain people to drive you. Drive you in busy cities, not, not here where they are, even here. Drive you in busy cities where bikes are cutting left, right, and center. That's when you begin to see insults come out of people's hearts. God will punish you. God will punish you there. <laughs> but you have a choice not to respond. You know, sometimes when you, when you, especially I think in this part of our nation, part of the world, we have this uh, inner dislike for men of the forces, police and all of that. And uh, sometimes when you drive close to them and you respond in a very polite way, they would ask you, are you a pastor? I've had that many times. You know, sometimes I'm driving, uh, especially with the road safety. I'm going this way to drop off some people or go somewhere and they stop me. You know, they stop me at the, at maybe in the middle of the road and they say, uh, I want to see your papers. I, then I'll tell them, can I park? Or sometimes I greet them, good afternoon, how are you doing, how's your work, can I park? And then I park, and then they see the way I greet them, they say, okay, you can go. Now, on my way back, they stop me again. How many of you know that's an opportunity to return insult for insults? Like, like, you just stopped me, and I stop again, and I'm polite. I'm like, how are you, how's work today? You know, most times people don't ask them, how's work today? You know... Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Those of you who drive. Immediately you see a policeman in front or you see the, you have started getting these people. <laughs> you know, the anger is already boiling. They, and so by the time you meet them, you can't even be nice. Because you already have that anger. Of course, at the times where they do things that are not right, absolutely. But I decided right from day one, when I meet a police officer, when I meet any officer on the road, I'm the first to greet them. I'm the first to ask them how they're doing. I'm the first to... Just, how's work today? How's everything with you? And you know what I realized? 90% out of 100, 
They end up not checking my papers. Well, I don't do that not because my papers are not correct. My papers are correct. But I just realize that there is an anger in us that sometimes we respond. And it's like that. Some people are so angry with church that every time they see a pastor, then they reel into insults. Some people are so angry with the president. Every time they see his picture, they, you, you don't need to do that. You cannot allow anger to grow in your body. It will hurt your body. It will get you sick. It will get you sick and it will get you killed. You deserve to live long. You've got to get rid of anger. So how you respond to temptation? Number six. What choice of what to do in times and seasons of failure? First Samuel chapter 30 verse 6. Interesting story in the book of First Samuel chapter 30. David had carried his people to go and raid and conquer nations. On their way back, they discovered that the Amalekites have come and have carried everything, even their wives and their children. Look at this. Moreover, David, First Samuel 13, verse 6, Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. <laughs> For all of them were embittered, each one because his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Glory to God. I mean, this is to tell you that people's People's life, people's nature is very fickle. Here was the guys fighting with David. And they came back. Their wives, their sons, their daughters were carried. And then they began to tell him, let's stone David. As if it was David that carried them. The, David, the Bible says David heard that the people were planning to stone him. Then what did David do? The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. The choice of what to do in the moment of failure. Sometimes we encounter this moment. I remember... Uh, in school, I planted a campus fellowship and, and I mean, lasted about a year and then the campus fellowship folded up. It didn't work out. What did I choose to do in that moment? I could have given up on the call of God on my life. I could have said, well, I think I'm not called. I could have said, well, I think I'm not anointed. I could have said, well, I think I'm not. You know, I could have given myself a whole lot of reasons, but here am I today. Over 12 years in full-time ministry, pastoring, planting churches. What did I choose to do in the moment of failure? I chose to encourage myself in the Lord. How you respond to failure is very important. You, you, things might happen. You might start a business. It doesn't work. You might start a relationship. It doesn't work. Some of us might have failed marriages. Some of us might have stuff going on. We've got to be honest. These things happen. How do you choose to respond? How do you choose to respond? The Bible says, And David encouraged himself in the Lord. How you choose to respond to moments of failure. You went for an interview. You didn't get the job. You built for a contract. You didn't get it. Are you distressed? You know, I realize that sometimes we are the ones that allow the spirit of depression to sit on us. Because we keep thinking of all the times we failed. The Bible says, David said, My soul, why are thou downcast? Hope thou in God. He spoke to himself. He spoke to himself. You know, when, they, when uh, Moses was crying with the children of the Red Sea, you know what happened? They, the Lord said, why are you crying? Stand up! You know, the Lord said that to me in prayers some days ago. I was praying about something. And the Lord would just ask me, why are you having a pity party over this thing? Stand up and get the victory. Stand up and speak God's word. Stand up and do what you know is right. Sometimes you can invite that depressing spirit into our lives. You understand what I'm saying? Oh God, why is this happening? Oh God, why am I like this? Oh God, nobody likes me. Oh God. No, no. What you choose to do 
in the moment of failure. What you choose to do in the moment of failure. Can you say a loud amen? amen? Number seven, your choice of your relationship with God. Your choice of your relationship with God. The scripture says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Your choice of your relationship with God. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29. How, how deep do you want to go in your relationship with God? Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29. Thank you Lord Jesus. He says, On that day, oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would fear me, and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and their sons forever. Whatever we choose to do with God's word, will ultimately determine how our families and how the blessing of God will rest on our life. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, you, you see, when you look at someone and say, Oh, that man knows God. That man can pray. Oh, that man can study the word. Oh, that man can teach the word. No, sir. Every one of us can do that. It's a choice. Come on, I said it's a choice. Hallelujah. Come on, I said it's what? I didn't hear you. What did I say? It's a choice. How do you want your relationship with God to be? How do you want your relationship with God to be? Do you want your relationship with God to be strong? It's your choice. Do you want to be a carnal Christian? It's your choice. Do you want to be a Christian that God used to spark revival? It's your choice. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 10. Looking at the power of your choice. 12 choices that will change your life. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 10. If you obey the Lord your God to keep His commandment and His statutes which are written in this book of the law. If you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God wants us to serve Him. But He will not force us. Your relationship with God will determine how far you go in life. And it's based on you. You know, I, I, I don't really understand it. I, I, I might be wrong because I'm a pastor. But I'm not wrong. Because before I became a pastor. I, I served. I served church. You know, sometimes I don't understand it. How people belong to a local church. And they're never committed. They're so busy with everything else. They're never committed. They just walk in the church on a Sunday, hear the message, and go back home. I don't think that's... I, I don't think that that's the best way to serve in a local church. One thing I, I, I tell everybody, ask yourself, if you were the only member in this church, would we have a great church? How do you belong to a local church? For instance, you don't know how... Uh, the place is kept clean. You don't know how things go on there. You can choose to come in when you like. Choose to, I mean, even if you choose to come to church, you're always late. You know, it's your choice to be late. That's your choice. It's not the weather. It's not because you're tired. It's your choice to be late. It's your choice. But you can decide to choose today to be early. You know, if, if I see some of you on a Wednesday, I would actually think that there's a problem because you never show up on a Wednesday. So if I see on a Wednesday morning, I'm like, on a Wednesday evening, I'm like, 
What's happening? What's happening? Is he okay? And there are certain times I see some people on a Wednesday. Hey, like, oh, pastor, I wanted to see you. I said, well, I said it. You didn't come for church. Why? Because they never show up on a Wednesday. They've made up that choice. You've got to choose. Be committed to God. Be committed to God. Plug yourself in. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Plug yourself in. Like, like, like the prophet challenged the children of Israel. If Baal be Baal, serve him. But if God be God, serve him. If you want to serve God, serve God to the best. Serve God to the maximum. Serve him to the best of your ability. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the choice of what to do with your past. The choice of what to do with your past. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Is anybody with me on the scriptures? Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Philippians 3.13 It says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting, forgetting what lies behind. The choice of what to do with your past. The choice of what to do with your past. All of us have made mistakes. There are things we've done that we've regretted. But if you keep your past in your, in your present, it will stop your future. Forget what is past. Forget the mistakes you've done. Press on. Says, I press on. I go forward. Who was this man talking? This was a murderer who killed everyone. Killed many Christians. But when the call of God came on his life, he chose to forget his past. There are many of us that need to forget our past. In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 to 19, the scripture says, Behold, I do a new thing. Remember not the former things. There are things in your life you shouldn't remember. Make a choice not to remember them. When the devil brings them up against you, 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, the scripture says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Every time the devil reminds you of your past, where you tell him, I've confessed that before the Lord, I'm forgiven and I'm blood washed. Hallelujah. The choice of what to do with your past. You've got to let go of the past and embrace the future. If you bring your past into your present, it'll stop you from getting into the future. Number nine. The choice of what to do with your finances. The choice of what you do with your money. The choice of what to do with your money. In Luke chapter 16 verse 11. It says, If you are not faithful in a righteous mammon, who will commit into your hands two riches? So, you can decide to spend your money. He that lost pleasure will not be rich. You can decide to save. You can decide to give. You can decide to invest. What people do with their phones determine a lot about their lives. Some of us have jobs now, okay, and certain amount of money is coming. And when it comes, some of us just squander it. We've taught you a lot here about finances, We've taught you about frugality, We've taught you about how to manage money. Some people are very poor with money. Some people have had money so, you know, some people have had so mon- some money in the past. They were wealthy and they made wrong decisions and they became poor. And you know who is going to take the blame for all of that? The devil. Something in my father's house. 
<laughs> ah, I don't know what is happening. You know, every time people say that, I don't know what is happening. I used to have money. And you ask them what they did with the funds, they tell you they don't know. But if you check their lives, check their habits, you realize that they make the wrong choices. And it's important for us to understand that God wants us to make the right choice with our money. I mean, sometimes you've got people that, I mean, they willingly will not give God a 10%. They willingly will not tithe. Because they always think, well, the one I have is not enough. It's not even enough. You know, I, sometimes I laugh and it's very funny. Everybody assumes the church has money. <laughs> you know, sometimes everybody assumes the church has, or the pastor has money. You know, because some, in some people's mind, they just think when everybody comes to church on Sunday, then after service on Sunday, everybody takes the pastor to their boots and says, this is your own for this Sunday. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I've had sometimes, I've had people ask me for very ridiculous amounts. Like, ah, can you give me a loan of this amount? And they tell me, and probably the amount they're asking for I haven't seen in the last six months. Praise God. I said, praise God. Yeah. The choice of what to do with your finances. What will you do with your money? Would you just spend it on impressing people or make the right choice and invest for your future? Number ten, the choice of your words and your confessions. The choice of your words and your confessions. In Mark chapter 11 verse 23 to 24, the scripture says you should have what you say. Go to Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. It says you are, you are, the, the life and death is in the power, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What do you speak? What do you confess? What do you declare? What do you declare? You have the choice of using your words to bless your life. Why don't you get up every day and say, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And make a choice to rejoice. If we want to find things to make us sad, we will all have them. But we make a choice to rejoice. Come on. How many of you are making a choice to rejoice? You make a choice. Tell yourself, I will make a choice. Say it loud and clear. Come on. Say, I will make a choice. To rejoice every day. Hallelujah. You start that way. You rejoice. Praise God. You make a choice to rejoice. Don't allow whatever the enemy brings to put you down. Don't allow whatever the enemy brings to take you down. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Glory to God. Have joy overflow. You know, you know all these praise songs we do in church, they are amazing songs. But you know it's easy to dance in church. You need to learn to dance at home. Come on, I said you need to learn to dance at home. Yeah? You need to learn to dance at home. You need to learn to sing at home. You need to learn to rejoice at home. Because the enemy most times will not tempt you in the church. The enemy most times will not put those depressing thoughts. It's when you're alone. You look at your bank statement. You look at what you should do. You look some of you, when your birthday is getting closer, it's a time of depression. Look at how old you are and all the things. By now you plan you'd have bought the whole country. You know, when you set all those goals, at 26 I'll be a millionaire, at 37 I'll be a trillionaire, at 38 I would have had 10 children, at 40 I'll be the president of US. You know, when you have all those goals, now you are 40 something, you're still in SS2. <laughs> you realize, I mean, the devil is going to bombard you. All of us have where we think we should be. But you know what I've always said about life? It's only the person who is alive that can set goals. One of the things I'm grateful for every day when I get up is that the gift of life. Thank God 
Glory to God that we have life. And if we have life, God's word will come to pass in our life. God's promises will come to pass in our life. And the goodness of God will be revealed. Can you, can you say amen? amen? Number 11. The choice of our attitudes to little things. The choice of our attitude to little things. The choice of our attitude to little things. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. What's your attitude to little things? Luke 16 verse 10. He who is faithful in very little thing is faithful also in much. In life, what's your attitude to little things? You know, when I was thinking about this, a story came up in my mind. Something that happened to me way back. And I really enjoyed, I, I really find the story interesting. Um, my late mentor, Reverend Tony Ache, his, his administrator, Dr. Alex, Igor invited me to come and teach in a workers' meeting. Now listen to this very interesting story. There, there were just about 10 workers there, church workers then. I just started out in ministry then. So I went, I taught. And while I was teaching in that workers' meeting, I really prepared, prepared notes, had lecture notes, everything. It was really nice. I really, really prepared. And then while I was there, the youth pastor of Souls Avesta's ministries was in the, came in and attended. Uh, obviously, he was mentoring him. Came in and attended the meeting. He heard me preach. He heard me teach. And he was like, oh, he would like to invite me for their youth conference. It was one of the big churches in Wari then. So, I accepted the invitation. I went to preach in that invitation. In their church, Souls Avesta's church in Wari. I finished preaching. In that congregation was the board member of um, Auchi Old Student Association, the Polytechnic Association, the, the, one of the key board members, was in that, uh, Mr. Sacre, right? I think so. Was in that meeting, in the church then. He was a pastor in the church, in Souls Avesta Church. When I finished, he told me, he said, oh, I'd like you to come and preach in our, um, you know, APCA meeting. They used to call him Auchi Old Students Polytechnic Christian Association. APCA meeting. The alumni meeting was their annual convention. And through him, I went to preach. I preached there for like three, four years, different places, Asaba. They had a meeting in Wari, Asaba, and Lagos. And I went and preached there. And through them, multiple doors opened. But you know how those doors opened? You know, for instance, if you see me preaching in that massive conversion of hundreds of people, come on, what are you going to say? Uh, wow, God has favored this man. Wow, God has opened the doors for this man. But how did that door open? The door opened because someone invited me to just teach 10 people or less than 10 people and I was faithful in that. That's how life works. What's your attitude? Some of you are walking in places right now you see it's very little and you have a very poor attitude because you feel that, ah, I'm bigger than this. This is not what I should do. This is not uh, the kind of work I should be doing at my age. Well, the truth of the matter is that if you're not faithful in that which is very little, you'll not be faithful in much. You have a choice to be faithful in that which is little. Can you say amen? amen. Then number 12. Number 12. The choice of the person whose counsel you would listen to. The choice of the person whose counsel you would listen to. These 12 things I've shared with you this morning. Write them down. Go back. Meditate on them. If you would listen to this message over and over again and allow it become a foundation in your heart, it will lead you to tremendous victory. In 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1 to 13, we find the story of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, you know, part of the children of Israel came to him and told him, he says, listen, we, we want to serve you. 
And, and Rehoboam sought the counsel of the elders. Give me, let's read verse 13. First Kings chapter 12 verse 13. Sought the counsel of the elders. And the elders said, tell them these and these and these and they will save you forever. Uh, and, and he sought the counsel of the young people. And the young people said, well tell them. Tell them. My father's waist is my small finger. <laughs> you know what? The scripture says the king answered the people harshly for he forsook the advice of the elders which they have given him. And you know what happened? The whole of Israel pulled away from him. They said to your tent, O Israel. Whose counsel? I, I don't know, but I say this all the time and I want to beg you. Your life is too precious to put it down everywhere for everybody to give you counsel. You know, some people I wonder, like, who counseled you? Ah, my friend. like, <laughs> you are your friend you are the same age mate so you, you will generally see things from the same perspective one of the greatest secrets in my life one of the greatest secrets in my life and ministry is that predominantly the, the people's advice I listen to in ministry are way older than me way way older than me you know and I realize over time uh, as I engage with people and as I travel and I discuss with people, most things people say is, oh, you've got old man's sense in a young man's body. It works better. And that's why you see sometimes, I mean, I don't have a lot of youthful things around my ministry. A lot of, you know, contemporary things. Not because I have anything against them, but most of my associations in ministry are with very elderly people and they must not catch me doing certain things. And it has helped me. Whose counsel do you listen to? Whose counsel do you listen to? I'm not saying necessarily that older people are wiser. I'm just saying that you need to be careful whose counsel you listen to. It will lead you to victory or it will lead you to failure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The counsel you listen to will lead you to what? To victory or to failure. Your life is too important. You can't listen to everybody. Even though they mean well. You've got to listen. You've got to select whose counsel you would listen to. One of my prayers for you this morning is that the Lord will help you by His grace and His mercies to make the right choices over your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there are areas you have made the wrong choice, I pray that God will grant you the ability to correct those choices by making the right ones. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray today for you. That the Lord will give you insights. In the name of Jesus. To make the right choices. In the moment of temptation. Concerning your finances. Concerning your relationship with God. That at the end of the day. The blessing and the grace of God will rest upon you mightily. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. Have you been blessed this morning? Come on let's give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Glory, 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 glory to God. Amen. I just want to welcome those who are... Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng We would like to hear from you. Send us an email 
info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.